Hello, welcome to Lazada Insider, featuring knowledge that makes a difference. We share trusted insights, forward-looking perspectives, and exclusive expert interviews to keep you ahead of the curve. Hi, I'm your host Katrina, and welcome to Lazada Insider Consumer Insights Series. Today, we're going to talk about price and promotion, and I think there's no better time than now to talk about it, um, because number one, um, it's been half and one and a half years into the pandemic, and it's long enough for us to actually get the rhythm of the changes of consumers' shopping behavior and how they would most likely react to changes in price and promotion. And B, most Southeast Asia countries are now on the journey of reopening the economy. So this is really the right time to talk about how to get your pricing and promotion right, not only to help you navigate through the pandemic, but also coming out stronger after the crisis. So joining me today is our expert guest, Hao from Nielsen IQ, who currently leads the sales and product division for revenue management analytics solutions across Asia-Pacific region. He is an accomplished senior business leader with more than 12 years of experience in marketing and analytics. Hi, Hao. It's great to have you on Lazada Insider. Hey, Kat. Thank you very much for having me today. Excellent. So maybe we can start with letting our audience know more about you, what Nielsen IQ does, and your role within uh, Nielsen IQ. Absolutely. Absolutely. After an extensive experience, both commercial in and delivery as well across Latin America, especially in Brazil, Australia, New Zealand, uh, I decided to move this new role, uh, which is uh, a, a merging of sales uh, and commercial and product as well. Uh, we thought the need uh, of this, this new role would be great because uh, more and more you need to bring more of the commercial side to the product side to shape the tools that we have nowadays. So pretty much I'm bridging today product leadership, the sales team, the sales representatives, and also the delivery team. So I'm, I'm responsible for, for the launch of new, new solutions. I'm responsible for the generation of intelligence across the region. By the way, we've just come out with a, a new webinar and other things as well, like uh, pretty much getting better with the process that we have in terms of uh, delivery to, to clients. So we deliver more and more value to them. Yeah, very good intro. And it's very exciting things that you're doing, a lot of new things that you're de developing. Um, maybe let's dive into today's topic. Uh, we know that this pandemic we're still in uh, has brought many lasting changes on consumers' shopping behavior. And, and one of the most important aspects uh, of that shopping behavior is how sensitive consumers are when there's price changes and when there's promotion activities. So based on your research and observation, how has COVID-19 actually impacted how consumers react to price changes and promotions in the FMCG uh, setting? This is the $1 million question, right? So like everyone it's asking this one. So it's, it's quite complex, but we can simplify the matter. Before we jump into price, we need to understand that FMCG or CPG products, they are now more relevant into the shopper's wallets, right? Given the many restrictions that we're leaving, we're not able to freely move to travel to other countries. We're under restrictions still, so most of that disposable income that would be going towards traveling and leisure, it's not going there. 
you know, like it's available and many of the shoppers are spending with indulgence. They're spending with FMCG as well. So that's why I'm mentioning that FMCG slash CPG items now are more important in shoppers wallet, right? And, and here we have very different consumer shifts in terms of behavior. So if you think about that, uh, shoppers are still looking for value for money. When we think about value for money, it's top three factor for store choice. So shoppers are looking for discounts to decide which stores they're going for. And this is happening all across Asia Pacific countries. If we grab each one of the countries is going to be among the top three factors that we have over there. But on the flip side, shoppers are still loyal. We have realized that, you know, like the, the loyalty to branded items uh, it has increased over this, this time. So, for example, when you think about super premium, luxury and, uh, and premium products, you would expect that those items would lose a lot of market share. And that's not the reality. Combined, you know, even though they're very expensive, the price gap that they have versus the average of their categories, it's super high. It's above 20, 30 percent. You would expect that throughout the pandemic, they would be losing lots of market share. Combined, they lost 0.8 percentage points. And on the flip side, you would expect, okay, so mass and the economic, which are the lowest price tiers that we have at Nielsen IQ. Uh, okay, like they, they're gaining market share, but that's not the, real, the reality either. Like they lost market share throughout this period as well, 0.4 percentage points. So you have FMCG more important in the wallets of shoppers. We have shoppers still looking for value for money. And also shoppers are becoming more loyal as well. Well, now I'm just setting the background because we have many shifts going on. Like, for example, when I mentioned value for money, people are looking for larger packs. Larger packs are responsible for, for the growth of more than 50% of the carriers that we see across Asia Pacific. People are still looking for a private label. The market share of private label came from 6% and now it's sitting around 7%. And people are more responsive to discounts as well. We're going to mention that. Uh, afterwards, but people are 70% more reactive to discounts right now. Like they're more responsive. You give a discount in this new environment, they're 70% more responsive than before. Well, so we have many things going on. So what we did, we ran some models for more than 60 plus categories uh, across Asia Pacific, encompassing many, many countries. And we capture how shoppers were reacting to both regular price and promoted price. And we, we uncovered that we have very two distinct reactions. When it comes to regular price, which is long-term reaction, we have realized that shoppers are now less responsive to regular price, which means that if you increase the price in this new environment, you would be losing less volume compared to pre-pandemic. Just to cite some examples, if you increase 5% the price, the regular price across Asia Pacific right now, you would be losing minus 10%. And in the pre-COVID environment, we would be losing minus 13%. And the funny thing is that the same move, the same, the same pattern can be found in United States, Canada, Latin America, Middle East, and Europe as well. So it's not particular only, only for Asia Pacific. We have seen other regions 
as well. So this is the first reaction. So reaction in, in long term to the shelf price, it, it's lower right now. But when you, you try to understand what's the reaction to discounts, it's higher. And this is not happening anywhere across the globe. Across the globe, the reaction, it's still flat. They, we have the same reaction that we had before in the pre-pandemic, right? But uh, we measured from 0 to 50% discount, so 10% discount, 20% discount, and so on. And we realized that shoppers are 70% more reactive, more responsive to discount. So if before you were getting like a specific lift, let's say uh, 10 units, now you're getting 17 units now because shoppers are reacting more to that. So, and it's also related to the to the value for money uh, pursuit that I was discussing before. It's still among the top three factors that shoppers are looking for. And also with that, it's not only discount. We, we've realized that in festive seasons, they are also looking for buy two, get one, depending on the category. Bundling promo, it's when you merge products from, from different brands or different categories as well. Bundle packs, it's also there. Uh, so whenever they find the chance to uh, to get value for money, and also it's related to the way that they're consuming that carry, and this is also important to mention, then like that they are more reactive to price. So to summarize to you, in, in terms of regular price, long-term shoppers are less reactive across Asia-Pacific, but when it comes to discount, and other sorts of promotions that are more reactive right now, which goes against what we're seeing across the globe. That is the same reaction. That's actually very interesting. Um, it just got me curious if, um, let's say we put it in a more dynamic competitive setting, because you talk about, you know, from a discount perspective, um, consumers are more sensitive, but it's more like discount versus your own original price. Um, if we put it more in a competitive setting, if let's say, you know, consumers are shopping and they compare sort of different goods, right, with different price, within the same categories, do they compare price more than before um, and how they react to it? Oh, yeah. So the thing is, like for some countries, we, we had the opportunity to run this analysis and we, re we realized that for leaders, they are less comparable now. So before, mm. if you understand, you know, like there, the impact that you have once you open the price gap of a leader versus the followers. Back then in the pre-COVID environment, the leader would be losing more market share. Now what's mm. going on, the leaders are losing less market share when they open the price gap. And this is somehow expected because if you, you know, like go to the 101 pricing you would see that leaders are meant to shape the pricing strategy of the category. They're meant to take price increases first or do changes like downsize, upsize, and so on, right? But on the flip side, what we have seen is that the, the remaining brands in the, in the market, let's say the long tail and so on, uh, it's more reactive now. So like they're more dependent on price gap especially against the leader. So if you are a brand that's not seeing a leading position in the market, you should definitely be careful with the execution of your price, especially versus the leader of the category. 
That's very interesting insights. Um, and we know that, you know, when consumers make product choices, right, there are many consideration factors, uh, for example, brand, quality. And I think in recent years, two other factors sort of come in more strongly, which is like safety uh, and convenience also, right? Because consumers now experience more convenient and more creative way of shopping. Um, so when we put price alongside all these different factors, how how much does price still matter uh, for purchase decision making? Well, uh, we have considered like a very specific set of attributes, right? We, we've just launched like this research, but I can tell you like we were discussing before, value for money and everyday low price, overall they're sitting among top five attributes that are most important to, to shoppers across Asia Pacific. So it's still super valid, it's still super important. Because even though I said before that FMCG is now more important than the wallets of the shoppers, it doesn't mean that the income overall of the shoppers were not affected. You have a highest market share, but overall before, let's say, if or shoppers across Asia Pacific were getting $100, very likely they were impacted by the COVID and now they're getting less. Mm. And, and, and is there any sort of variations that you have observed um, across different categories or does the same kind of principle observation hold for all the FMCG categories? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have seen some differences, especially uh, we are able to come up with a very powerful and insightful framework when we put these two measures together. The reaction of shoppers in long term or to the regular price and the reaction of shoppers you know, in the short term or to discounts, right? So especially when we're running models, we understand how shoppers are sensitive to regular price and how they're sensitive to promoted price. And we come up with some coefficients. That's what we call so some numbers that are going to help to simplify the complexity of the environment. In that sense, if you put those, those measures together, you are going to be able to come up with four main strategies that we utilize with many, many clients across the globe as a starting point to, to define the strategies that they should follow. Not necessarily the strategies that they have in the market, but the strategies that they should be applying to their portfolio. So for example, if you have lower reaction to promoted price and lower reaction to regular price, comparing to the benchmarks of Asia Pacific, right? You would be seeing a position that we call opportunity for profit or high no, which means that you can increase your shelf price and you can limit promotions or even stop promotions. Why? Because comparing to the average, your category is not bringing too much volume through promotions and your category is not either quite affected by a change in regular price. So here's some categories that we're going to find. And here we stop, start talking about the difference. We're going to find OTC and health, right? You're going to also find oral and personal care, and you're going to also find baby products. So those are the, the categories or large baskets that you would see lower reaction to both promotions and lower reactions also to, to regular price. So if we continue with that framework, just to, uh, to touch on the remaining three strategies that we were talking before. So for example, if you have high reaction to discount, comparing to the benchmark and lower reaction to the, to the, 
to the regular price, you would be seeing what we call high-low position or opportunity for rewarding shoppers with promotions. Usually, you're going to find categories here that are aspirational. Like, for example, shoppers, they desire those categories, but usually they don't have access to that. Or the price point of those categories are quite high. And once you give the discount, you know, like you're going to see uh, yourself fostering the demand. So in that case, some categories that we're going to find here, dairy, bakery, frozen, pet food related products as well would be sitting here. Right. So if still continue with that framework, now lower reaction to promotions and higher reaction to shelf price, which means that you have lower uplifts when you're running discounts, the same level of discount of the market. But when you change your regular price, you're going to see that the baseline volume, you know, like your natural sales or weekly sales would be grow, growing up faster. So that's the strategy where we call everyday low price, which is quite known in the market, especially in Europe, where we see many, many banners over there uh, utilizing a lot of the strategy. And so in everyday low price, you would find categories or baskets such as laundry, snacks and confectionery, and no alcoholic beverages as well. Right. And the last one, it's the most complicated one because those categories would be quite reactive to both regular price and also to discounts. So usually we call the categories pressure and profit because it's hard to make a decision without having your volume affected, right? And here you're going to find tobacco, alcohol. So those are, and, and also produce. It's important to highlight this category as well. So Overall, you're going to, once you define the benchmarks and once you're able to calculate how shoppers are reacting to both regular price and promoted price, uh, this framework will come up. And, uh, and it's quite good because you help the clients and you help also retailers to understand which categories would be driving traffic to the store. So, for example, baby products overall, they don't drive traffic to the stores when you discount them. It's quite important to highlight here. It's when you discount them or offer any sort of promotion. Why? Because usually people are going to buy those products regardless already. Right. So it's the same for oral and personal care. You have a very planned uh, consu uh, consumption for, for the sort of products you're going to buy regardless. So just go and buy. So the fact that retailers are just offering promotions is just eroding the value overall of the category. So it's quite important to understand where your category and also your products are sitting. Usually the way that we run this model, it's at store level for every item. And then we grab weekly sales. And then on top of every coefficient for every item, we are able to determine what would be the response at the category level. But still, when you drill down at the portfolio level, at the item level, you're going to find diversity in responsiveness as well, which is quite interesting. It's where, you know, like the optimiz optimization starts for, for manufacturers and retailers, indeed. It's important to, to know the role of the category, but it's more important uh, to understand what is the role of each item as well. I, I, I'm really impressed by uh, what you mentioned, right, about de-averaging 
you know, the total FMCG categories, then you see different patterns, and then you use different strategies. Um, so this kind of analysis, how often should retailer or manufacturer um, relook at it? Or this is this category kind of segmentation, right? It's, it's more or less the same. Or do they have to revisit this every now and then? What is the frequency that you would recommend? Well, pretty much depends on the consumer dynamics, right? And also the dynamics that we have in the category. Like, for example, if we have too many launches or line extensions or we have one product that it's breakthrough innovation in the category and it's changing completely the dynamic, then we would be we would be recommending to run shortly, you know, like with shorter time frames, like six to one year. If not, 1.5 year, uh, it's fine, I would say. The results would last uh, uh, until two years max well it's recommended to update every year we understand that sometimes we have uh, limitations in terms of budgets for manufacturers depending on the consumer dynamics and also the dynamics that we have within the category then you're going to realize that you need to update earlier or later the, this sort of information yeah thanks for your advice how about online versus offline is there well, any difference there Oh, yeah, this is a question that we get a lot as well. We're running some pilots across the region for specific countries, but we're still not at that stage where we can compare because we don't have a robust sample of data points that would allow us to consistently, you know, understand the difference between one channel and the other. Still, the differences that I mentioned for you in terms of categories and where they're sitting in terms of strategies is valid Okay, it doesn't change because we would be utilizing data from both environments somehow. Well, this brings us to the end of part one of the interview with Hao from Nielsen IQ on the topic of strategies of getting price and promotion right. Next time when we continue our discussion, we'll talk about some examples of effective promotion strategies and what you could do if running price discount is not an option for you. And also hear from how on the important considerations in price and promotion strategies during the economic recovery. Please stay tuned for part two of our discussion. This is the Zana Insider. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you click follow and subscribe so you don't miss our latest insights and expert interviews. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, take care. La Zara